My guest today is Aidan Sowa from the Sowa Agency. And this is an agency that he has created two years ago. So when he created it, because he's 21 today, he was 19 years old. And that's uh, pretty fascinating to hear that. And one thing that to me oozed from um, the responses that he uh, gave to my um, questions and the explanations that he gave to me to explain his decision making is how spontaneous he was and how he actually did not ask himself too many questions uh, before for making decisions. So I think it's a case, we always say that uh, deciding to start a business is something that has to be well thought out. You need to have a great plan, etc. But actually, it's more someone that has learned on the go and decided to focus on the right coaches, on the right experts, on the right topics. And that's how it is growing. And he actually has also very big ambitions for the future. So I believe that this episode is great to listen about how spontaneous you can be uh, when you are very young and you start in B2B consulting, providing B2B services. So uh, without further ado, let's start with Aidan Sowa. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle to Aidan Sowa. Aidan, how are you? I'm doing well, Aidan. <laughs> how are you doing? Great. So uh, Aidan, you are the owner of the SOA agency. And from what I have seen on your website, you focus on uh, working uh, with luxury realtors as a marketing agency. But first for the audience, could you share your career story? Yeah, I could definitely start by sharing my story. So um, essentially, SOA Marketing Agency, this is my company. And we originally just uh, started with out of like, I mean, I learned a lot about digital marketing back at the MIT Enterprise Forum Cambridge. But after that, then I learned a lot about um, more about digital marketing. I started a lot of stuff on the internet. And after a while, I just started um, this agency, so a marketing agency. And we've transitioned uh, quite a bit since like COVID and stuff. We've gone from being like more of like a lead gen based company all the way back to like being like a branding type of company. It's so completely the other side of marketing. Uh, and we did that transition during COVID because we found there was more of a demand for that. Okay, great. So when did you start your agency? I believe it was around August of two years ago, actually. Yeah. So uh, August 2019. Yeah, August 2019. So prior to that, you were studying or you were working at Cambridge? Yeah. I originally walked a bit like it was kind of like an internship. I didn't take it like I didn't think it was going to be like that serious at the time. I just did it as something. It was like, I studied at the MIT Enterprise Forum Cambridge, learned a bit about like MailChimp, Twitter marketing, a bit about IoT, stuff like that. And that kind of piqued my interest a bit within digital marketing, but wouldn't be until like around a year later where I actually were to start my agency based off my knowledge. That is interesting because uh, most people, before starting an agency, they will uh, try to work for another agency for a few years, get some experience under their belt, try to see different contexts, different clients, etc. And then they will start their agency. So uh, even though I know that MIT has a big worldwide reputation, it is still uh, something that is not very common. So uh, why did you want to uh, directly start it by yourself, creating your own company instead of trying to uh, work for another employer first? I guess I never thought about that way. I mean, I, I was kind of sick of working for people. I, I, I just 
got in like a few months prior to that, I had been working at like um, a completely unrelated job. I was basically working as a cashier and I hated the job so much. So basically I was just sick of working for people. And I was like, all right, I'm going to find a way to make this work because clearly it's not working when I'm working with someone. Like, I don't know what, if it's me, if it's them, but clearly there's no good vibes here. So it's time to figure out another way. So that is great self-awareness that you have very early in your life. How did you uh, find your first client with your agency? Yeah. So the way I got my first client was actually through a Facebook message. So I just sent out a message. I just kind of in the first times I was just experimenting. I was sending out like a bunch of different messages. I sent a message to a realtor. I said, I noticed you don't have like a Facebook pixel on your website. And he was like, oh, what's that? And then we started a conversation. And then eventually he was like, all right, well, I mean, the stuff you just showed me looks pretty cool. I'll just sign up with you. And he signed up for like Facebook ads for like around four months. So that was pretty good. Uh, great. So as you said, it's a realtor, but today are you still specialized working with uh, realtors or luxury realtors? Yeah, we still specialize in like luxury realtors. I mean, we've, we've branched off a little bit. We work a bit with financial advisors here and there, but luxury realtors is still the majority of our clients. So in that short amount of time, so uh, a little bit less than uh, two years at the time of uh, recording the episode, right now you're in uh, being a guest in a podcast, but I have seen you uh, on YouTube also uh, being invited by uh, big media. So I would like to know if it was some strategy that you had in your mind or uh, it's just opportunities that came and uh, you just grabbed them. Yeah. So in regards to like these different opportunities, it was like, it's not something that just happened. I, I had this all in my mind. Um, to, it was going to be happening. I have, what I like to do is I plan out every month, my, uh, my monthly goals, my yearly goals, my 10 year goals. So that was all part of like the plan to be able to make that all happen. So it just kind of playing out as I planned in that regard. Yeah. That is very interesting, a very interesting uh, perspective on goal setting and uh, the action that you take because uh, most people, they uh, start the year with uh, yearly goals and by uh, February or end of January, they have already uh, lost track of their goals. So here you go, uh, really very diligent as an entrepreneur, yearly, quarterly, uh, monthly goals. So I would like to know what type of goals do you put yourself as an entrepreneur or do you put yourself only business related goal or also relationship goals or other types of goals? Yeah, all of those actually. So one, relationship goals, it's always important to have that. Secondly, I always focus like on wealth, like how am I going to, what type of revenue are we going to get this month? Third goal is like, you know, how much profit, uh, things of that nature. And yeah, so wealth, health, those are like the types of goals which I really focus on relationships. Those are probably the three major ones. And I really hone down on those and get exact. So I'd be like, okay, so these are the goals. What actions do I have to take to get there? And I break it down into like the day to day. So if I know if I'm reaching my goal for that day, I'm getting closer and closer to that monthly goal, which in turn is going to get me closer to that yearly goal and eventually 10 years. And did you start your company alone or did you start with uh, co-founders or partners? Yeah, I've heard of some people who did that. I, I never even considered that. I just started my own company um, on my own and I just thought, okay, well, let's just try it. And I was lucky, I guess. <laughs> That's good. Are you today working with employees or virtual assistants? Yeah, I definitely do. It's quite one thing which I feel like a lot of people start alone, get caught up into is they generating a lot of revenue. And they don't have that much like actual, like um, it's almost all profit. So they get kind of used to that and they don't want to hire anyone because they feel like they're going to cut down on their profit margin. But if you really want to grow as a company, you have to start hiring at some point, like virtual assistants, employees, eventually, um, like that's just part of growing a company. I don't know any big company was just one guy. 
it's just the reality. If you want to be able to scale, it's just you have to hire at some point and you got to develop systems because if you just like hire someone and just like, hey, do this and I expect you to do it as well as me, even though I've been doing this for like the last two years, that's not realistic. You have to kind mm-hmm. of show them the systems and really make sure they understand exactly what they're doing. Otherwise, they're just going to fail at it and it's completely your fault. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, even companies that are based on a personal brand or really uh, centered around one person, they will still need to have collaborators and have a team to grow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So you started with realtors and I'm just wondering if there was something special that attracted you to uh, try to work with realtors or if there are a specific attribute for that. So uh, with uh, working with realtors and also uh, when you get opportunities and you get um, clients' inquiries or uh, lead inquiries, uh, are there specific characteristics that uh, you are looking for? Yeah, I would say that mostly we began to kind of speak their lingo. So I, I know like certain words, realtors. So I just, as a result of that, I understood their pains. And rather than constantly like looking for like other niches, um, what we did is like, I just, I just kind of came to empathize with like what their needs were. And I was like, all right, that's the agency in which you're going to become. We're going to become solely like a realist realtor. Um, luxury realtor actually, because we've noticed that not every, the average realtor doesn't usually make enough to afford our services. So we focus almost exclusively on luxury realtors or like top producers. Those are the realtors which we go after, the people who are already in the top 10%. And uh, can you work with uh, luxury realtors from all over the world or uh, focused only on the United States? Yeah, we have clients in Canada. Any country which speaks US, speaks English rather, is good. Yeah. So at uh, the time of recording, we are in July 2021. And uh, since yeah, now uh, 15, 16 months, we have pandemic. We are living a pandemic uh, all over the world. And I would like to know for your business, what has changed since the pandemic had uh, started? Yeah. So in March, what really changed for me is we pretty much lost all of our clients. So that was a pretty bad change. Oh. And it was around a month where literally no revenue was coming in. And I thought to myself, I was like, okay, this is not good. Clearly what we're doing, which is what we were doing before is I would just go down to networking events and I would just meet up with people, but that's not possible. So I was like, okay, clearly that's not an option. What other options do I have? And I thought to myself, well, I could do Facebook message, but like that doesn't really work as well because that's becoming a little bit more saturated. Uh, What other options do I have? And during that time, I reached out to some different people um, in regards to people who are actually still generating revenue. And I learned a lot from them. And after that, then I came to the idea that I should start a branding based company rather than lead generation, because it seems like people really need to focus on their brand because right now the most important thing is trust. No one knows that to trust people are freaking out, but if they have like an authority, someone who they really trust, then they're more likely to do business with that person. And that was really like the moment, like at first I wasn't sure if it was going to work, but once, once I signed up a client, my first client was for like 2,500 and I was like, okay, that's way beyond any lead generation client I had. I'm just going to stick with that. And from there, it just kind of skyrocketed the next few months. Yeah, that's an amazing change. I mean, um, a lot of people have realized that what makes them stand out, what makes them unique, truly building their uh, personal brand and uh, talking about themselves, etc. So uh, I believe that it's great also because uh, you can provide that service with a long-term perspective rather than a transactional perspective. So I believe that it's a great change in terms of uh, services that you uh, offer. Exactly. That's, that's our goal with our clients. And what about you? In terms of uh, personal branding, so you offer that service of branding, but uh, what about you? Have you changed things during the pandemic for the SOA agency? Before that, I think back 
during the pandemic, I had literally nothing on myself on the internet. So I was like, okay, well, I got to change that because right now it just seems like I have like any other digital marketer out there and I need to be able to differentiate myself a bit. So like, how can I be selling these other people on branding if I, if I myself have no branding around myself? So I started focusing on like optimizing my social media profiles, being able to get like press around myself, trying to go like podcasts, things of that nature. That way I could start to generate that, that positive brand around myself. And even like, I also started to invest within Instagram and that's how I was able to build a considerable following there as well. Uh, great. So now let's switch to the subject of pricing. Uh, I want to talk about pricing, not in terms of what are the prices of your service, but more about how you price. So uh, are you pricing per project? Are you pricing by the hour? Are you making a combination of both? So I would like to know how you, uh, you do price your services to your clients. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it de really depends, but we definitely never do by the hour. I, mm -hmm. I, I usually just do on a per project basis, be it on like a, more of like a one-time sale or on more of like a yearly basis. So we have like some of our more serious clients, they might sign up for like a year, yearly contract and they'll basically be paying like every single month for an entire year, just sign up the entire way. That's obviously more of like a high-end um, type of service rather than someone who might just need a little bit of pressure for themselves. And that, uh, that, that puts them head to feel, but it's not necessarily going to make them an industry leader. Yeah, very great answer. And um, when you have these monthly uh, revenue, it brings a bit more predictability in terms of uh, what comes in uh, your business and it's good for the health of your uh, company. Now to switch to another um, kind of another subject, I would like to know what are your ambitions for the future? I know that you have yearly, monthly uh, uh, goals, but do you actually have a decades long plan for your uh, company, for your, the vision of your company? Yeah, I mean, we would definitely never sign up a client for a decade. That's a bit long, but... <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, sorry, sorry. I, I did not mean decade-long plan for a client. It's really your ambitions for your company. So uh, what do you see uh, where your company will be in the next decade? This is what I mean. Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I definitely have plans um, for my company. What we're planning on eventually growing to is at least a nine-figure company. So a company wow. doing nine figures. And I want to also be able to kind of create my own speaking slash mastermind um, type of group. That's eventually once my once my company starts to scale more, I want to be able to focus also on that. Um, remove myself a bit from the company, so I'm not focused on like just doing all the sales, have like more sales reps, things of that nature, and eventually start focusing on the internal things like how can I actually make our systems better and get our clients to get better customer support, things of that nature. That's amazing ambition, uh, growing to a nine figures company. That means uh, that you would have a, a lot of headcount, a lot of departments, a lot of milestones to achieve. So uh, I really wish you the best into that. And I'm, I'm very curious. I mean, I would like to come back to listen to this interview uh, 10 years from now and uh, see how it goes. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I, I, that'll be cool. And uh, do you have any inspiration, any, any, any person or any book that specifically uh, inspire you? I, I see that you're someone that is very spontaneous, very action-oriented, but still, I'm, I would love to know if you're uh, inspired by uh, other people, other sources. Yeah, I definitely have people who I follow. Um, I, what I found is we're constantly bombarded by all types of people trying to tell you how to think about life. And what I found is it's best just focus on a few select people, like people who you actually want to become, like their type of lifestyle, maybe it might be health, just focus on that particular thing and learn from them rather than consuming everything. Because there's so many different sources now. There's like social media, 
there's the news everywhere like you're bombarded and like i think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't reach their full potential it's because the, because they're constantly getting distracted by these different sources so I, for me personally, I focus on like, I like to follow like Tony Robbins, Warren Buffett. I also have like some people within the agency space who are doing right now, like around uh, eight figures. And those are the type of people who I follow um, when it comes to like wealth goals and like Tony Robbins, I like to learn about like mindset, things of that nature. You're right, because uh, even for myself, I was at a point where I was uh, following too many different YouTube channels related to uh, entrepreneurship, motivation, etc. And sometimes even the advice was even uh, conflicting. <laughs> One uh, person would say the opposite uh, to the other. So uh, I believe that uh, not being distracted is actually a skill. It's actually really a skill that can uh, put you forward and differentiate you from the rest, from the competition. And if it is not too personal, can I ask uh, how old are you? Right now, I'm 21. That is crazy. I mean, because of your experience, I was thinking, yeah, you, you, you could be like 25, 26, but uh, I see you in video and yes, uh, you definitely look 21. So uh, it makes sense. Uh, very inspiring to see that. How did your uh, family and friends, I mean, mostly the family, how did they react when you decided to start in entrepreneurship? Because you, you, you started so young. I feel like they like a lot of people, how they react. They're a little bit skeptical about the whole thing. Um, most people like, okay, you would just work as a cashier. How do you go, go from that to running a business? Things of that <laughs> nature. And I don't, I don't really blame you. Like people, the way people look at you is they look at your past record. If you have no record in that, people don't think that that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's a struggle which a lot of entrepreneurs kind of face going out that they don't know anyone else who's a successful entrepreneur. And that's one of the things which I did early on, which I think really propelled my success is that I found a group of people who are kind of like me, who are walking to that. So we had like a whole community rather than feeling alone as an entrepreneur. That's great. And uh, I can also relate, yes, because um, within my family and uh, close friends, I did not have also uh, at least not many examples of uh, people that started their own company to get advice, etc. And that's great to know that you kind of created and contributed to uh, a community. So uh, can that be related as well to the ambition that you have to uh, become a speaker and uh, have a mastermind? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. And um, internally, so while you're working with uh, virtual assistants or employees or uh, partners, how do you build uh, or how do you uh, grant the, the trust with them? And yeah, what type of characteristic do you see when uh, you want to uh, hire the, those people? Yeah, I mean, I always focus on like actual, like people are willing to die for the cause, so to say, when I'm looking to hire people. I look over that way over talent. Someone who works really hard, I'll value that a lot more than someone who's just um, talented because talent can only take you so far. And finding a VA, someone who's willing to really focus and they're like, all right, I want to do this long term. That's the type of person I look for. So many people would come to me and they'd be like, ah, I'm looking to do this for like a month or something. And that's not the type of person who I want to be working for me. Now, um, uh, talking about uh, wealth. So for example, I'm thinking of a book uh, that I read in the past called The Profits First, where uh, the author is saying, uh, uh, whenever you have revenue, think about first the profit that uh, you will take out of that revenue, and then uh, you can reallocate the rest to expenses and, uh, and other things. So I would like to know for you, for your business, so when you have revenue, how do you uh, reallocate it? 
Yeah, so it's definitely like a certain amount which I save. Um, I don't just reinvest it all 100% back into the company. But yeah, I, I do believe that you should be reinvesting back into your company because that's the most valuable type of investment. Because I see all these people thinking like, oh, I'm going to put it to stocks or I'm going to put it to crypto. But I'm like, you have your business. You should be investing into that. You can control that 100%. You don't know what necessarily what's going on with all these other companies. You can focus on investing yourself because you know exactly what's going on. You have 100% control over that. Yeah, totally true. Because um, we uh, sometimes follow trends. So we, we think that uh, we will put that money here and uh, we will be lucky and get uh, more money. And uh, sometimes it's because maybe we don't trust ourselves to uh, to grow our revenue uh, as much as the market cooled or as much as uh, crypto cooled, etc. And now the last question of the podcast. So uh, given that you're working with luxury realtor financial advisors, which are uh, business people, so you do some uh, B2B consulting, I would like to know, Aidan, for you, what does having a consulting lifestyle mean? Yeah, I guess that what it would mean is freedom to do what I would like to do. Like it allows me to be able to travel around the world if I wanted to. I, that's what it probably means just like freedom to be able to do um, exactly what I want to do and be able to create the life which I would like. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, totally agree. Uh, very great answer. Also, great interview. I'm very impressed uh, by your spontaneity and uh, such a young age, uh, all the things that you do and the clarity that uh, you have really a clarity of purpose, clarity in your business, clarity in how you work and where you want to go. I really, really uh, would like to uh, go back and listen to that interview uh, 10 years later. So uh, 10 years from now, uh, when uh, SOA Agency uh, could be then uh, a nine-figures company. So uh, congratulations. And uh, thanks very much, Aiden. It was uh, really a great interview and I hope to uh, be able to talk with you soon. Yeah, it was good to be on. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogène Tirandekoura.